For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands Of a God who never sleeps Fear not, little lamb For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands of a God who Welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. I'm Abby. And I'm Sam. And for this episode, we're going to try and answer the question, how will my child learn that their actions have consequences without punishments? Yeah, a lot of us have a hard time answering this question even for ourselves, just because a lot of times our own incentives for avoiding certain behaviors or engaging in other kinds of behaviors have been really tainted even from the beginning for us. Because a lot of us grew up with systems of external rewards um, or physical or shameful punishments, you know, given above and beyond the natural or logical consequences that we face. So we kind of naturally have this gut reaction that says that our parents were teaching us to do or not do certain things. Um, and showing us the consequences by these external things like spankings or groundings or other kinds of punishment. So our own starting point um, in learning about consequences, especially in regards to our children, has to be kind of deconstructing the ideas that we're so familiar with as far as rewards and punishments versus natural and logical consequences. Yeah. Yeah, you can really see how people... Um, have in this so ingrained in them uh, really clearly in the way they talk about consequences and discipline because they'll often use these words when what they really mean is punishments. So for the listener, you're probably really familiar with this yourself. I think we all are. Uh, Once you recognize the misnomer, you can't unhear it. And it's kind of frustrating sometimes, but it's really helpful um, once you, once you learn it. Um, people will tell their children, you get a consequence for that when we get home. But when what they really mean is, I have to think up a punishment for what you just did. Um, And if your children are acting up, some brave or maybe foolish person might ask you if you discipline enough or at all. Uh, When what they really want to ask is, why aren't you spanking? Yeah, and I've heard more times than I can count the thought, man, what that kid needs is a good butt whipping. I've heard that from so many people. Oh I've gosh, even thought seems- that myself, you know, like before really being introduced to gentle parenting, I've, I've thought that like, yeah, you know, you see a kid acting out and it's so ingrained in us from the way we were raised, like, oh, they just need to get that kid under control or, you know, take that kid to the bathroom and he'll start behaving. And it, it's just interesting when you, when you make the switch, how that, kind of changes but it's just well I look I look back and think it's kind of funny because I was spanked and yet I was still really rebellious as a teenager and stuff and I mean I was 
I was never really spanked into submission when I was a kid either. It, it didn't really affect me the way I think my parents were hoping it would affect me. Yeah. And still, as I got older and saw kids doing things that I felt were unacceptable, I would think that kid needs a spanking, even though it never fixed me. <laughs> it was just like ingrained in my thoughts, like someone needs to hit that kid so they'll stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I think it's kind of a difficult transition to make because you're trying to retrain the way that you're thinking and, um, and the way that you've grown up to understand discipline. You think discipline is punishment. Um, right. it's, it's not easy to retrain yourself. It can be done though, especially with the, the grace of God. <laughs> Thank God that we have that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it can be hard for us to critically evaluate our own upbringing because that's such a personal thing. The way that you were raised is extremely personal. So, you know, it can be very difficult to maybe look at that and critically evaluate, you know, that that wasn't necessarily a good thing that happened to you, or maybe it was detrimental, things like that. And so as you kind of start to deconstruct the idea of rewards and punishments and replacing them with consequences, you know, the deeper you get into gentle parenting, um, it can be really difficult to face that reality and um, decide to do it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially I've noticed that there's a couple camps of people. There's people who will look back at their childhood, um, especially people who don't have good relationship with their parents, and they'll say that wasn't okay what they did. But a lot of people do have good relationships with their parents, even though they were punitively punished or punished in, I mean, more extreme ways. And so I think it can be hard to look back and be like, okay, these people that I love and that love me, they did something that wasn't healthy. Like it's kind of the, well, this happened and I turned out fine. It can just be hard to admit that to yourself and about people that you love. Yeah. yeah. And it can be really hard in that vein to kind of evaluate, also do a lot of self-evaluation mm-hmm. and realize where your motivation is actually coming from. Because I think that's the, the real kicker here with uh, learning about consequences and uh, learning about, you know, what comes from certain actions like I think we don't realize how often we think of uh, certain like punishments or certain kind of behaviors as natural consequences or something that just happens as the result of certain actions that are completely other that are completely extra and external and that that's that's what we're basing a lot of our behaviors on like um, manipulative behavior from a partner or um, just yelling or, you know, all sorts of different things that aren't healthy um, to be in any relationship and let alone with your kids. Right. Um, I think we have this natural desire for justice. I mean, it's just innate in us. But then when you talk about things like natural consequences, they're easy to define, but they can leave you feeling like, it's not sufficient. And so when you feel hurt or wronged or frustrated, I mean, the natural consequence might have already happened for your child or might be impending, um, or there's a logical consequence that is completely acceptable. But I know that Aaron and I, there were just some times, especially early on, but it can still happen where you just get this feeling like this overwhelming, was that enough? And a lot of times when 
you look into it, it's because you're still feeling frustrated. You don't feel yeah. like justice was done on your behalf almost. And then you have to kind of turn it around and be like, why do I feel like I need justice when my child did something? And um, I think that goes right back to how we were raised. We were raised right. that uh, the natural and logical consequences were not enough. They weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. It's like you needed that extra level of right. anger and shame and upset for things yeah. to really be hammered down. Yeah. And that it go it definitely goes into that goes back to that question when people ask, well, how will they how will they learn that there are consequences to their actions? You know, and that and back to the very beginning and our question, how does anyone learn that there are consequences to their actions without being hit or without being punished in some way. We learn through life. It's just how life works. So on that note, Sam, why don't you give us some examples of what natural consequences actually are? Um, Some natural consequences would just be, and this is not just talking negative consequences. There are consequences for everything and it's not necessarily negative. Um, I just figured I would note that. But some would be that if you take a hammer to a nail, the nail goes into the board. If you call your friend, your friend will pick up the phone. If you learn to speak Italian, then you can speak to Italians. So from a gentle parenter's perspective, um, you're basically learning consequences from the moment that you're born. The scientists and all of us kind of begins experimenting and noticing things from the very beginning. I mean, you see this with babies. A baby notices that if they move a certain way, then they start to roll over and they continue doing that. They notice that when their gums hurt, if they bite something, it helps. As they get older, it's not as self-focused. They start looking outward and learning outside of themselves and their relationships with others. And that starts with us. That starts with their parents. If I smile, they smile back. If I cry, my parents look worried. If I lean in for comfort, then they'll wrap their arms around me and give me a hug. And it just goes on and on. I mean, the observations in life are never ending. Yeah, Exactly. They learn starting when they're babies that each of their actions has some natural consequence, some reaction is another way to put that. But what happens when they start to get a certain age, maybe two, three, four, we as parents sometimes circumvent the natural consequence that has provided them with so much feedback about how life works up until that point in their lives And we start implementing our own kind of contrived consequences um, in order to manipulate and change their behavior in a much faster fashion than a natural consequence would, Um, though that always isn't always the case either. Sometimes we think it will and it doesn't. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite examples, because it's just such a, like a a good example of both natural and logical consequences is uh, the sandbox example. And so it goes, if little Johnny won't stop throwing sand in the sandbox, his friends will eventually stop wanting to play with him. And that is a really painful natural consequence to his action. Um, He also may need to be removed from the sandbox if he won't stop. Because throwing sand isn't just annoying, but it could be dangerous. And that is a logical consequence to his actions. So they relate directly and immediately to his behavior. They're completely relevant in his mind. And so in that way, he learns the consequences of his actions without a spanking. But what happens if you spank in this moment is you have added in an artificial consequence for his actions, and that it is completely unrelated to the situation. 
So instead of using the true consequences of his actions to teach him why not to throw sand, you've taught him that if he throws sand, he gets hit. And the incentive for behavioral change has been switched from genuine sorrow at friends not wanting to be around him to, uh uh-oh, if I keep doing this, I'll get a spank, which also obviously sets the limit in the wrong place. So instead of, oh, my friends don't like being around me when I act like this, and I don't like it when I get hurt either, the emphasis is on mom's reaction, and he's more likely to be aware of your anger than his friend's displeasure further teaching him that the limit is when mom says stop, not when he has injured the friendship. Yeah, and I think that can actually in some ways make natural and logical consequences more painful to face because instead of having to face the fact that you violated the terms of a relationship, you, you know, get a smack on the butt and move on with your life. Not that that's a productive thing to do, but it really does take away the sting in some ways of hurting people, you know, because uh, like you said, Katie, the limit is where mom says it is rather than feeling guilty about hurting someone. Right. And the focus will always be there because your reaction, your emotional reaction, getting upset at the situation, giving a spank, that physical interaction with mom is always going to take an emotional, uh, the emotional weight of the moment, which takes the focus off of the reaction of the friend. Yeah. I think another point about what you said about the limit being when mom says stop is that it pretty clearly sets up an incorrect incentive structure Um, not only in his relationship with you as his parent, but also in his future relationships as well, being insensitive to proper boundaries because the consequences that he understands and that he always receives are not, oh man, I hurt my friend's feelings, but rather it gets pushed to an actual more extreme. Oh man, my friend is so mad at me and is not talking to me. Yeah, yeah, because in training your children to view your irrelevant punishment as the consequence and not allowing the natural consequence to have their effect, you're training them to wait for ultimatums and punishments in future relationships. So in place of having genuine empathy and changing behavior before someone gets mad enough to fight back, you've trained them to, yeah, like we've said, to wait until that ultimatum happens. Right. And I think another point on that is that, of course, you know, when children are still learning empathy, this is a work in progress. It's never perfect from the get go. Mm -hmm. But the hope is that by facing relational consequences, or, you know, which is a type of natural or logical consequence, that they learn to, in that regard, think about what they're going to do before they do it. Because hopefully, the hope is that they grow in maturity and desire to have healthy relationships and to not think, what can I get away with before someone imposes a punishment on me, but how will this affect the other person? Yeah. So why is this better than artificially imposed punishments? Children learn 
basically from the moment that they're born, that consequences flow out of their actions. If we impose illogical, unnatural consequences, which are wrong to begin with, they will not equate their actions with the naturally occurring outflow of that action. And we can go back to the sandbox example. What is most important for your child here? Not to throw sand because of the threat of being harmed yourself or not to throw sand because of the relational implications of hurting another person. So would you want the incentive to be I'm not supposed to throw sand because mommy will get mad and I'll get a spanking. Or would, would you want them to learn that they shouldn't throw sand because it might hurt their friends and their friends would not want to play with them. Once there is no one imposing punishments on them, they will not have a framework of self-discipline to work from. And that's a scary thing. Yeah. Um, I think we underestimate our kids and the ability for them to grasp these concepts. And that is a huge reason why we feel the need to impose more and more and more and cross that line. You don't have to have a long and drawn out battle with your kid. Part of gentle parenting is allowing them to face these consequences without trying to shield them from the sting of learning a lesson. This is often easier to allow to play out than can be explained. Of course, with the caveat that we don't allow them to hurt themselves or other people or other property or any property. The goal is to provide as much guidance as is necessary for their age and development and no more, but also no less. Yeah. So going back to that point about underestimating kids, I think that it is so ingrained in the way we think about kids to underestimate their ability to be motivated by natural consequences. And a lot of that is in ourselves motivated by fear. And I was just talking to someone recently about how much of our parenting is so unconsciously motivated by fear. Yeah. Um, and that when we really stop to take a look at it, the question of how will my children learn uh, that they have consequences to their actions without punishments is really a how will my children learn to become, <laughs> become normal people if I don't control their actions letting go of control which we don't really have anyway it's just an illusion um is such a scary thought it's really hard for people to do if you take that one step further i mean for christian parents you start worrying that if you don't do enough then your children might not come to know the lord and that's right. a really heavy burden to bear yeah and I, I think about all the time, you know, you see the example or you see it advised a lot of times in gentle parenting circles that, you know, if you yell at your kids enough, then they learn to not listen until you start yelling. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is so true of this as well, that if you impose enough above and beyond punishments then no, of course they won't learn from natural consequences because they're used to these artificial, contrived, um, harsher consequences. Um, and so we almost in a way train them to be immune from them when right. we use punishments. And Sam, I like what you said about um, not having a framework for self-discipline. The, the goal is to raise adults, right? The goal is to raise like, functional adults. And so if we play the long game, really the goal is for them to be self-disciplined as adults. It's not for them to always rely on someone to impose a consequence for their action. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's just such a great point about natural and logical consequences is that it really does raise adults 
Yeah. You don't want to raise someone who might not get in trouble, but is towing the line, basically towing the line with their, their own family, their employer, um, law enforcement. I mean, yeah. and it might give them a false sense of security if they're not self-disciplined, they're towing the line, they're not getting caught. And then inevitably, I mean, that person will self-destruct. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, Sam. And I think that's actually a perfect place um, to wrap up. To summarize what we talked about just a little bit, um, the way that our children learn that their actions have consequences without punishments is simply by facing the natural consequences of their actions that we allow and do not try to stop, um, or by us imposing a logical consequence on their actions, uh, such as removing them from the sandbox. In that regard, it's always directly related to the behavior at hand. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a brief overview of how we teach our children the consequences of their actions in a gentle parenting framework. Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join our Facebook group, Tending Lambs Community Group. You can follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tendinglambs, and find the show notes page and lots of other gentle parenting resources at our website, tendinglambs.com. Until next time. This is Katie. I'm Abby. So- and I'm Sam. What is <laughs> I was taking a sip of something. Two seconds in. Two seconds. Yeah, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm feeling real goofy, y'all. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was funny. We're never going to get through this. All right. <laughs>